Critical hit Punch All Nazis takes place in the early days of World War II and combines high adventure with cosmic horror. All dates, locations, and historical events are thrown out the window in order to create a fun story, so don't put too much thought into historical inaccuracies. All accents are done poorly, but with love, and no disrespect is intended. Last time on Critical You are far from home, but do not worry. Your family is doing fine without you. Do not let jealousy cloud your actions. Enjoy the show, and he leans in and he says, I sense a great conflict within your soul. But there is a dark taint about you. It is the next morning, so if anybody has any stress, mental or physical, you can uh, relieve your stress. I don't know if anybody took any mental stress while they were watching uh, the Great NATO's performance. I think, Rob, you had some ill effects from uh, drinking the blue, the blue drink. <laughs> so you can clear that off. And Rob, you do have at the end of the last episode, you do have one extra fortune. So you have three fortune and everyone else still has two fortune uh, after Aha. last episode. I am the most. You fortunate. may need it. You you may. I mean, it's kind of odd that you you got the extra fortune, but you also drank the Kool-Aid. So I don't know if that will have repercussions down the road or not. So uh, what do you guys do? Oh, probably. We're in our, we're in our flop house. Yeah, get get our gear together and go find rusty and myth. Right? Okay. So uh, you go downstairs and sure enough, rusty Stowe Shave. is there in the bar. I'll talk to him. Uh, good morning, boys. I take it. You had a good night. Yeah, it was pretty good. Good, good. How was the great NATO? A pretty fun show. Very, uh, uh can't wait to see it. Yeah, uh, just uh, be aware. There's a there's a strong uh, separating you from your money theme to it. <laughs> oh, I I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Come on outside. All right. And so you guys go out into an alley behind uh, the Cafe of Kings, and Rusty goes over to kind of like a. Um, like a, not really a garage, but kind of a, a side alley in the alley. It's kind of like a cutout uh, space, and there's a big kind of canvas uh, curtain hanging over the front of it, and he pulls it aside, and inside this this little area is a big truck. I found you boys this. And this truck is really, it's, uh, I, I think for people who might work on a farm, uh, this looks like a, a truck that you might haul grain to the farm with, but uh, there's no cab over the top. There's no windshield on the front of this. Uh, it's got some higher sides. You know, if you were to put in some wooden um, sides on the uh, on the truck to go into the uh, into the holes of the bed, it sits up a little higher. And this truck also has a number of guns mounted to it. Oh, uh, so I found you a, a cannon. Uh, you can use this uh, to uh, maybe blow some of them Nazis up. That would be a good thing. Uh, there's also a machine gun that I have attached here to the front. Uh, this should uh, take care of any any problem people that get in your way. And uh, in case there are any tanks uh, out in the desert, and I've heard that the Nazis are building some kind of base out there, uh, this anti-tank rifle uh, will pierce through any iron hide that those foul Nazis have in their possession. Wow. This is this is more ordnance that I saw in my entire time with the U.S. Army. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, and he follow me and he takes you around to the back of the truck. And it is also loaded with stuff. Uh, since you're going to be uh, probably a week or more out in the desert, I've got you uh, all the uh, food, supplies, rations that you're going to need, a compass, mirror, those kinds of things. Uh, there's some chewing gum if you'd like to chew gum. Uh, and he looks at, at Bug Eater on, on that one. 
I've also found you some automatic rifles, uh, but I've only was able to get a hold of two of them. These are a little bit harder to to get a hold of. And he holds up uh, two very nice Browning automatic rifles uh, to show you. And he's holding them, you know, one in each arm and he's, you know, feet of strength there to hold hold this up. And, uh, you know, just imagine your your Arnold Schwarzenegger pose when he's got uh, two automatic rifles in his hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, these were a little bit harder to get, uh, but he, then he puts those down. Plenty of ammunition, plenty of ammunition. Uh, he also opens up a rifle box, a uh, box full of uh, guns, and inside it are four Lee Enfield rifles. I figured you could use these for most of your regular work. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. And um, he kind of looks at you. Uh, I'm... Considering the state that you boys came into the bar looking at, I um, I borrowed something from an airfield near here. And he pulls back a canvas, and there are four flak vests on underneath that uh, underneath that canvas. This is oh. what uh, some of the pilots are starting to wear up in the air. I'll pick one up. It's uh, kind of heavy. Yeah, it is yeah. heavy because there's a lot of. It's not like a leather. Uh, you know, just layers of le- leather. You can feel like there's some kind of a plating on the inside of this. It feels like a lead lead plating. I, I would not wear that all the time. Uh, the metal is going to heat up in the sun, and it's going to become very uncomfortable very quickly. I will, like the one that I have, I will, like, toss it to Doc. What do you think? Ah, that's heavier than I thought. But I figure if we're going to see more of those Nazis... It's probably a pretty good idea. Ah, yes, that's uh, what I was thinking. Um, anyway, um, it'll take you a couple of days, as I said, uh, from what we know from Dr. Jacob's constant uh, uh, stories. It should take you um, in this truck. Uh, it gets really good uh, mileage, considering the desert. Uh, it should take you four or five days to get to, uh, to the Forgotten City. Okay. And then you hear a voice say, um, excuse me, it's actually called Amun Rahim, the sanctuary of Amun Ra. And you turn around and you see Liz- Lizelle is, is walking up. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. Hi, morning. How are you feeling? Hi, um, hmm. uh, I'm feeling a little, um, little tired, but uh, I had some coffee and I'm, I'm right all uh, again. I'm very excited to go on to this next stage of the journey so I can, I can uh, uh, finish up my, my, Doctoral thesis. And then you guys hear a car come down the alley and you turn and there is a, you know, a car that is outfitted for the desert. Driving it is Sanjay and sitting next to him is Dr. Smith. They pull up, turn off the engine and get out. Good morning, guys. How did everyone uh, fare? Morning. Uh, I slept like a log. Nah, yeah. So did old Sanjay. He snores like a log. <laughs> I do not snore. Well, we better get uh, going if we're going to get to the uh, the Forbidden City. It's actually called Amun Rahim. What's she doing here? Uh, cultural attaché? I don't think so. Why not? In my experience, woman is a distraction. She's a distraction. She's going to be trouble. I'll uh, look at her. I look at him. She knows everything that Jacobs knows. Yeah, we can't everyone's bring heard the story. We can't bring Jacobs. There's, we don't have enough room for Jen. <laughs> Where did you say you're studying your doctoral thesis at? I'm uh, at the University of Zurich studying archaeology. Uh-huh. Well, she's not riding with us. And then Sanjay's like, yeah, she's not riding with us. That, that's all right. She can write here. Uh, Blisco. Like I said, all that gin we're not bringing is actually giving us plenty of room. Blisco, can you tell me how many passengers the truck seats? Uh, looks like uh, four. Uh, Dutch. Can someone sit in the back? Elbow. No, that's that's everybody sitting. That's two in the back, two, two in the front. Uh, one person may need to ride with uh, Monty and, and Sanjay. Okay. That's all right. I can ride with them, or unless somebody else wants to talk uh, archaeology with him the whole way, you know, it's... Okay, I'll go. 
Rusty, do you have uh, yeah those things I asked for? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Here, here you go. And he has a big crate of something that he sets into the back of the uh, back of the, the Jeep that uh, Dr. Smith and Sanjay have. Sanjay immediately runs to the back where it's sitting and he flips open the back and you just see his face light up and he smiles and he's rubbing his hands together. Oh, yes, this will be quite, quite good. And then he closes it up and hops in the front seat. I'm ready to go when you are. And Rusty says, oh, that's that's really good. Um, although there is one small problem. Yeah, what's that? You all owe me money. This stuff was not easy to come by. Ah. Uh, and uh, Dr. Smith reaches into his pocket, withdraws a bunch of bills and hands them to to Rusty. That should cover us. Um, and then Rusty says, it was rather hard to get this stuff, boys. Um, I'm going to need 300 monies for everything. I'll, uh, I'll give him 300 monies. Oh, very good. Very good. Uh, good luck on your, on your search for the, uh, for the dead city. It's called Amun Rahim. You hear Lizelle say, no, it's not. It's called Zerzura. No, Amun Rahim. No, it's called Zerzura. Trust me, I'm an archaeologist. Okay, definitely uh, separating those two. <laughs> I'll uh, okay. I'll bring my uh, I'll I'll bring one of the Lee Enfields with me and get into the back seat of uh, was it like a jeep that they have? Yeah, it's a jeep. Yeah, it's a, it's your typical World War II uh, jeep. The the Willys jeep. jeep is very yeah, it's very common uh, jeep. All right, uh, who's driving this thing? Looks a bug eater. Uh, me. Well, yeah. I'm gonna scout ahead. You try to keep up. <laughs> All right. Remember, we're going to take care of my business first. So we're heading west. It'll take about a day and a half to get to uh 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 Al Sabira. Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. Al Sabira. And he hops okay. in the in the car and he starts it up. Thank you, Rusty. We'll see you in a few days. Okay. Okay. Um, good luck. Goodbye, everyone. Yes, so we you. know that. So we know that Sanjay is driving the Jeep with Monty sitting next to him and Dutch in the back. Where are people sitting in the truck? So we know Blisco is driving. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is Lizelle sitting? Is Lizelle uh, sitting up front, or are one of you sitting up front with with Bug Eater and the other two people are in the back? I figured I'd ask a question real quick. Yeah. Sure. Um, so the illustration that you showed us has one of the weapons mounted basically on the passenger seat. Oh, yeah, it's mounted on the front of the. Uh... So, so there is like a front mounted weapon. Right. So yeah. whoever's mm -hmm. in the passenger seat is basically manning that weapon. Yeah. All Carry right, on. So I will take the passenger seat and man that weapon. Okay. And so LaSalle and um, Valentino will sit in the back with all the gear. Oh, I should also point out there is a radio uh, back there as well, um, both for transmitting and listening to music or whatever else that that you guys want to to bring in on that on that radio. But you can transmit out with that radio. Kenny yeah. and is all public. Uh... The other truck. Yeah, I was going to say, does Jones has a radio? <laughs> no, he doesn't have a radio in his, but uh, you guys do. Okay, so we don't have a way to communicate with the other vehicle. No. Mm -mm. And Monty starts up and starts driving down the street. That's all, all I suppose. Yeah. Okay, so everybody piles in. Valentino helps LaSalle into the back of the seat. You're able to find some uh, fabric. You know, there's, you know, some sleeping gear that's back there as part of your desert kit. So you've got that. There's probably a tent back there. Uh, so you guys can sit comfortably back there. It's not perfectly comfortable. Uh, because this is kind of just like a regular convoy truck, delivery truck type thing. Um, and you guys start to head west out of Cairo. The city gives way from the hustle and bustle of everyday life. And as you start to move west, the buildings start to get further apart and further apart until finally there are little, really little hovels, little houses that you pass by and you see more space around the houses as more people have 
uh, some livestock or, or other animals uh, that they're taking care of, maybe a few little crops that they're trying to to raise. And then it's desert. Blisco, would you roll me a D20, please? Just a one D20. <laughs> sure. Roll the three. Three. All right. So the road here is relatively flat, or I should say the desert here is relatively flat and relatively solid. So you're able to make some very good time for most of, of the day because you're starting out early in the morning. It is still relatively cool, but as the sun starts to hit uh, the, the, the peak of the day, you guys are really getting hot. And even though the engine is performing spectacularly, you do notice that the uh, little uh, temperature gauge is starting to go higher and higher as you as you drive along. What do what do you guys talk about as you're driving in in the truck? What do you think about this forbidden city stuff? Kind of hoping most of this isn't real. Oh no, it's all. I mean, all of it, everything. But the question that I have is whether we actually know where we're going at all. Can those of us in back here to front? It's it's really hard over the the engine and the and the gears grinding. Uh, you guys are probably kind of in your own little in your own little world. Lazelle is, you know, every five minutes she's got a little handkerchief out and she's blotting her face. Oh, I didn't expect it to get this hot out here. Oh my, yeah. Brad, Valentino, is it? Uh, I'm sure she is. They call me. Um, so Valentino. Tell me about Dutch. That, Do you know him well? Yes. Eh, I mean, we've uh, been working together for a little while now. Um, can't say I know him uh, too personally. Just on this professional capacity that we've been kind of stuck in. Hmm. He he seems like a, a natural leader. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, I think he's pretty much the de facto lead of our little ragtag group here. I see. Do you, do you know where he comes from? I uh, can't say I know exactly. Oh, oh, okay. Definitely greatly traveled, though. Oh, okay. Ah, that's nice. I, I take he not really concerned about money that much. Uh, well, we've... uh. Got was something of a benefactor in our current excursions, so hasn't been too oh. much of a concern recently. Well, I was curious as to why you are interested in the city of Amun Rahim. Uh, just, uh, we're more concerned about who's concerned with it. Oh, are you talking about Dr. Smith? Uh, you're he, here uh, to keep an eye on him. That wasn't our intention, although I'm feeling more and more like maybe we need to. He is kind of a brute, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I've uh, gathered that much. What was it that he was uh, calling the city? Oh, I don't know. Zerzura or some nonsense like this. <laughs> Everyone knows. The proper scholars know that it's the city of Amun Rahim. So that uh, name doesn't uh, ring any kind of recollection to you? Zerzura? No. All right. I've never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, that might be something I'll look into later. Okay. What is going on in the in the Jeep, Dutch? <laughs> um, so Dutch is Sing like, along. That's so all of these other things, right, come to Spanish through Arabic, right? So like alambre, mm-hmm. alberca. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff. If it has an al in front of it, it probably was al something else. And that's kind of why I want to learn Arabic, too. I just really haven't got the chance. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to pick up all the dialects either, but uh, I've got a pretty good handle on it. Pretty good. So what's your story? Um, why are you guys looking for a Zazura? Um, we're mainly looking for it because of who else is looking for it. And you hear Sanjay say, Nazis, I hate those guys. That's right. <laughs> uh, we uh, we are a bit of a little the squadron, and um, we've got uh, some interests in the 
uh, in in non-Nazi Europe. I was going to say the Allies, but I don't think they were what they calling themselves the Allied forces. No, yeah. not yet. Oh, I mean, no. it's I mean, it's the French and yeah, Brits, yeah. So um, yeah, we're trying to uh, make sure to keep whatever it is that they're looking for out of uh, out of their hands. Well, just between you and me, I've heard the Nazis are after all sorts of religious artifacts as of late. I know they've got some digs going on elsewhere in Tunisia. I've heard that they've been working on something here in West Egypt. Mm-hmm. Somewhere between here and their other dig site. And of course, Sanjay and I had to get out of uh, Rome pretty quickly. Because of the Nazis? Oh, yeah. They aligned with aligned with Germany, that's for sure. Sure. I mean, okay. you can still get in and out of there. Uh, but uh, yeah, things are getting a little tense. Yeah, we've uh we've definitely had some encounters on uh, with them and uh unfortunately uh they're usually if not a step ahead of us then they're right behind us. So I um I guess pretty glad that Rusty outfitted us the way he did because I would not be surprised if we run into at least one Nazi in this uh outing. Yeah. Uh the reason uh, you saw those uh those Nazis come in the bar the other night, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we kind of uh, took some stuff from them. So they're they're looking for you. Uh, I think they're looking for this, and he holds up a map. Okay. This is this is the map of Al-Sabira. It's where we're headed. Oh. I have no idea what they want with the Crystal Skull, but I know what I want with the Crystal Skull. Fortune and glory... That's right, Sanjay. Are you you planning on selling it? Oh, to the museum, of course. They give me a nice, um, give me a a nice, uh, uh, um, not a reward, but a finder's fee anytime I bring them something of interest. Well, that's, uh, that sounds like a sweet deal you've got. Oh, yeah. We've been doing this for years. For years, you hear Sanjay say. Can't be that many years. Oh, Sanjay, how long have you been with me? Oh, I think 10 years now. Yeah, he was picking my, I found him picking my pocket in the streets of uh, Bombay about 10 years ago. Six year old, six year old, all on his own. Well, I took a liking to him and he's got some street smarts, so we kind of teamed up. Good, good driver, too. Ah, thank you. And he puts the, foot on the pedal a little harder and you guys speed up across the desert. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. the, uh, the truck isn't able to keep up with the immense speed of, of the Jeep and you start to fall behind a little bit. Uh, Blisco, mm. but you can still see where the tracks are and you can kind of see where the, the dust trail is. That's billowing in the, in the sun and see, so you know, in which general direction Monty and, and the Jeep are going. Yeah. So, this guy, Wise Hobby, he founded the Bavarian sect. And they were the ones who went in and replaced George Washington. I don't know if you've heard that. That's actually true. That's 100% true. You sure? No, it's true. I, 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 I read about it. It's def- definitely true. It's all tied up into the Skull and Bones Society. You know a lot about these societies. Well, you learn things, you hear things. I've, I've, I've read the right books. Well, not all the right books. I've read a couple of books that were, that were not so good, <laughs> if you know what I mean. I haven't read a lot of books, so mm. no. Just trust me. If you see Order 322 carved in a tree, keep moving. Just keep moving. Well, not a lot of trees around here. That's a good point. That kid's getting ahead of us a little bit, isn't he? Yeah, the Jeep's going to have a little more uh, oomph around these dunes than uh, we're going to get. But they're leaving some pretty solid tracks, so. Yeah, at maximum speed, your truck can do uh, an amazing 40 miles per hour on uh, this kind of terrain. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, Doc, some sand keeps blowing in your eyes. That's just mean. Are there goggles? I'm going to put on like 
rat patrol goggles and one of those cool hats with a thing across the back. There are a pair of goggles and Blisco is already wearing one pair. Uh, okay. but there's another pair that's there. You, you can put on. Sure. Yeah. Blisco put on, put on gloves and goggles before he got behind the wheel. <laughs> Blisco smart. That's like 64 kilometers per hour. Yeah, literally can't drive 55. I mean, your face might, you're at these kind of speeds, uh, your skin might rip from your, from your whole body. No it's man is meant to be driving 40 miles per hour. Definitely putting on the goggles if and one of those hats with a little thing across the back. More than 40 miles an hour. God would have given us a V8 engine on our backs. Right. <laughs> and if he wanted us so to the walk, day, he wouldn't have been pro- the day progresses and it's, it's fairly uneventful. Fortunately, the direction that you're heading, which is a little bit uh, northwest or uh, yeah, northwest of where you should be going towards the Forbidden City, which is kind of more of a west-southwest direction. Um, this terrain is, is perfectly fine. There are really no problems. And by four o'clock, you are able to catch back up to the Jeep and Monty and Sanjay and, and Dutch have pulled off to the side and it looks like they're making a camp for the night. So if everybody sets up camp, you do have, uh, you know, can canvas that you can stretch across the side of the truck to make an impromptu tent, uh, for everybody to sit under as the, as the sun is going down, you certainly have rations. There's enough, you know, bits of, of, of wood and stuff, uh, here in this part of the desert that you can, uh, start a fire. So you do have a fire to keep warm and there are blankets in the truck as well, because uh, if you didn't know, the desert gets mighty cold at night. Mm-hmm. And uh, even even Monty has on a jacket. Sanjay has on a jacket and a baseball hat. Um, you guys also should probably bundle up just a little bit as you sit around the fire drinking coffee and and talking about things. Uh, Lizelle and Monty are sitting far opposite sides of the fire from one another. Probably a good plan. Yeah. I mean, I know she's after me, but I kind of ship it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. When uh, like Dutch will make a point to go talk to the guys and um, just kind of in a polite, but uh, definitely um but 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 certain way he's going to for example reiterate that he has a map and that the nazis were after that um just so that everybody's on the same page about that mm-hmm. but you know he's not like pulling them aside and be like hey he's got the you know he's like oh yeah we yeah. talked about it uh, sanjay was talking about uh their adventures so about this map and blah 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 so casually get everybody up to speed with what Dutch heard. Right. Yeah, they didn't see me at the bar, so I'm pretty sure they're probably looking on the wrong side of, of Cairo right now. We sure they didn't see you? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I I think so, too. They really, like, I was expecting that they were looking for us, but they really didn't seem to lock on to us when they were looking around, probably because so many people were pulling guns on them. Yep. True. Yep. So you want to see what this is all about? Sure. And he's holding the yeah. up and he lays this out for everyone. This is a worn piece of paper. Uh, it's kind of a thick piece of paper, but it's very worn. It's been passed around. It's gotten, you know, greasy from people touching it. And it is just a very rough sketch of a town. Uh, you see a little north pointing arrow and he goes, he puts his finger down on the upper left side of the map. And he says, this is where we're heading. The, the sanctuary of, of, uh, of Azak. This is where, this is where I hear that the crystal skull is, is being kept. Why it's being kept there. I don't know. Why would they want to bring this thing here a thousand years ago? I don't know. But uh, there aren't too many people that have been coming from this city. And so this so, is this is the only this is the only detail that we have. You're you're saying being kept. You think it's actively like there are people there that are guarding it. Oh, yeah. I mean, this this city isn't big. And of course, he indicates the map. This is not to scale or anything like that. Uh, 
but yeah, um, those people that you ran into, right? The cult, the, they, yeah, they work for this Azak sanctuary. Do you know anything about them? Sanjay kind of leans in. Oh, we know about them. What? So the story goes that a thousand years ago, people wandered from the desert carrying this skull carved out of glowing blue crystal and they brought it to Al Sabira and the monks there decided that they would protect it and keep it safe from those who wanted to do wondrous things with it or perhaps evil things with it. I understand that at least the story goes that the crystal can control the weather and then what happened then? All right, I'll take over from here. Good job, Sanjay. Yeah, so things were fine for about 500 years, and then the city just got quiet. Very few people came in. Hardly anyone came out. These thugs started showing up in various parts of, of Cairo, Alexandria, demanding you know money from people perhaps kidnapping people as well. They've just been a, a kind of a plague in this area for at least 500 years. So I would bet whatever is going on in that sanctuary, that it is no good. But if they've got the crystal skull, I want it. So have you, you haven't been to the city yet? Oh, no, 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 no. I just got my hands on the map a few days ago. Um. So, are you thinking of just driving up? Do you want to try to like sneak in? I think we should probably kind of scout out the city, see what's going on. See okay. if this map is actually accurate. And then, yeah, we should probably scope out the sanctuary. See if anybody there knows anything and uh, take it from there. Why? What are you thinking? I, I'm, I'm, Happy to follow your lead. I would just say if we were to like say show up and just go right into the market, we'd be advertising our presence. And I'm sure by now, because that was like two days ago, maybe they probably heard that we had a run in with their people. And uh, I thought you said you didn't got shot. Yeah, I think you killed everybody, didn't you? Yeah, or but was there one that escaped around? Ah, no. Okay. I mean, for example, they were employing like street urchins. So if somebody else mm. from their cult asked, they could have gotten that information. I don't know. I think it's just worth um, being careful. Well, we should keep our eye out. Never know when we might encounter trouble. And he's like, when he says encounter trouble, he's staring right at Lizelle. I mean, at least around here, uh, hopefully should see anyone of great number coming from quite a ways. Sanjay, what do you think? I think we're in a good position for the night. It's going to be dark, so no full moon. Should we set up some kind of shifts just for the uh, sake of safety? I'd say so. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'll take the first shift, Sanjay. Sanjay, you take uh, shift number two. And then um, who's next? I suppose you're not going to uh, try to stay up all night. And he's looking at Lizelle. I, I just want to get to... I just want to get to our destination. Amin Rahim. All right. It's called Zerzara. Right. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'll take third shift and... Uh... We'll let, how about we also let Sanjay be team captain and pick one of our boys uh, to do his shift with. He whispers something into Monty's ear. I think he uh, wants you, Doc. All right. All right. You got second shift, Doc. Uh, uh, it's so well, cold here, says Lizelle. She's got a blanket wrapped around her and she scoots over closer to you, Dutch. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, supposed to get really cold out here. Luckily, uh, we have some coffee. <laughs> mm. 
I need some sleep. And she wanders off and gets into, climbs into the back of the, of the truck and pulls a flap of cloth down over the back. Yeah. Do we want a second pair of eyes on each watch? If you want to stay up, uh, go for it. I'm sure uh, Monty will appreciate it. You guys can talk about his Jeep. <laughs> hey, who's going to help Monty on the first shift? Uh, I guess I volunteered. Okay, roll a D1 or D20, please. Oh, I don't want to. <laughs> a three. Consistent. Roll there, Rob. Yes. Uh, nothing eventful happens, yeah. but what do you do? You have anything you want to talk about during this uneventful part as everyone is settling down and going to sleep? Yeah, I'll ask him details about the truck that Rob Brain doesn't know, but Blisco Blaine Brain clearly does. You got me. I just ride in him. <laughs> Sanjay's the one that drives. Huh. I, saw, I uh, trust that Rusty gave us uh, some good equipment. Did you have any problems? Is this going to be a, an issue? No. Uh, Jeep's definitely able to go faster than we are, but uh, you're not doing anything to hide your trail, so finding you is not difficult. Appreciate you guys stopping early enough that we were able to catch up before uh, the dark. Yeah, sure. Normally I prefer hor- horses, but you know, mm, I've dealt with horses. These are more predictable. I hope so. Well, it was nice talking to you, kid. Uh, who's uh, doc. He goes and pushes you with his toe. Your shift. And then he goes over and, jostles Sanjay who's lying close to the fire. Sanjay, wake up. Um, um, yes, yes, um, yes. Sure thing, Dr. Smith. Uh, Matthew, roll a d20, please. You roll a four. Um, the wind picks up. Does it, does it affect our visibility? Not really. It does make it a little chilly and the, you know, it makes keeping the fire going a little harder, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's not bad. All right. Try and make sure that, you know, see if there's anything we can windbreak without getting it in the fire. Yeah, I mean, there's some dust that's blowing around, but okay, I don't think there's really much you can do against the vast uh, desert of the uh, the Sahara. I believe they refer them as the Haboob, as the wind. Uh, this is not a Haboob. This is definitely, if you were in a Haboob, you would definitely <laughs> know it. Okay, this is the thing. So I'll ask the kid how he ended up hanging out with Montgomery Smith, because that seems like a story. Somebody should put it uh, that is a, a funny story. Um, when I was in uh, uh, Bombay, I was uh, all on my own and I had not much. Uh, uh, I was just definitely on my own. I had no mother, no father, no brothers or sisters to take care of me. And so I did anything that I could and I uh, had to steal to survive. And one day I tried to pick Dr. Smith's pocket and uh, he caught me. And well, we've been together ever since. So he's kind of like your dad. I would say uncle or guardian or Dr. Smith. Fair. Fair. What about you? Why do you look that way? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, my dad was a little bit different than your, your guardian. And he said I really needed to go to medical school. And I felt like that seemed like a good good enough way to do that and so you're a doctor too well there's many subtle shades of dr sanjay that the thing about medical school is sometimes when you're at medical school you read a lot of books and sometimes you read oh particular books so do you and dr smith uh have you ever you ever heard of uh a man named herbert west oh i think Dr. Smith mentioned him last night. Mm, yeah. Well, Herbert West, uh, he, he and I shared a, shared an alma mater and, um, he's, he's, uh, he's a compelling writer is, is, is really, but yes. And of course my, I ended up uh, joining the army because my father convinced me that we're looking, we're probably looking at another great war and it kind of, you know, it worried him and, 
it seemed again like as good a way as any to, you know, try and get a full night's sleep. So here I am. Yes, that's very interesting story. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about uh, Adam Weishaupt? That's okay. I'm very familiar with the Illuminati. Thank you, sir. Oh, okay. So you know, you know, but you know it's all true, right? He looks at his watch. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know the Freemasons are the ones that sunk the Titanic? Sanjay chose or less. So Sanche endears uh, Doc's uh, ravings uh, for the next couple of hours. And then finally, oh, it's, uh, it's time to change shifts. Thank you so much, doctor. And he goes over and he kicks a Dutch. It's your turn. And he's very <laughs> harsh about this. Uh, uh, all right. All right. All right. Uh. And you see Sanjay climb into the back of the truck, too. Uh, yep. Dutch. Uh, roll, a, roll a D20, please. Yeah. Four. A four. Yeah, uh, the wind just continues to blow, and it, it does get surprisingly cold. I mean, you guys were in uh, the very, not the super far north of of, uh, of Europe, but you were far enough north where this time of year, it was very cold, and you, I don't know if you were under the misapprehension uh, that, uh, that it was going to be much warmer uh, in North Africa, but it's just as chilly here as it was in the coldest night that you experienced up in, in Belgium. Uh. Yeah, I think I think Dutch uh, kind of knew that it was that that was the case. Uh, I think he's got like some basic desert facts, like you know it's very hot in the day, very cold at night. Um, that one's a camel. That one's a dromedary, mm-hmm. <laughs> but not much else. Um, but uh, yeah, he uh, Dutch. What the. Somebody talking to me. It's like the you look around and you can't see anybody, but it's almost like a voice on the wind. Okay, well, let's just take the pistol out, just to, you know. <laughs> and uh, you don't hear any more voices for the rest of the night. Is it what one more shift? Uh, this should, I believe, it's the last shift. Assuming okay, you're the so three shifts. shifts. Okay, okay. Uh, the sun uh, starts to to peak up and. Uh, uh, people start to wake up and, and stir and why do you have your gun out? I thought I heard something. Oh yeah. You see Monty look around. I don't see any tracks anywhere. He pulls out a pair of binoculars and he looks scans. No, no, there's nothing out there. Anyway, uh, I'll make some coffee and then we can get underway. Kind of. Nudges Blisco. Blisco, wake up. Break camp and let's get ready. Yep. Um, Dutch is using a like lower mixture of uh, pomade for his hair because okay. he's probably okay. going to be wearing Good a luck. hat the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> your your comb comes out gritty. Well, I mean. You were probably trying to like get behind the truck or something, but yeah, okay. I'm sure it's going to get some sense going to get stuck to his hair. Yeah. All right. It looks like everybody had a good night's sleep. Uh, is everybody going to do in the same sitting order in the truck? Uh, unless somebody wants to rotate out. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Dutch will say like, okay, same, uh, same configuration. Sure. Unless yeah. You that sounds swap good. Out, Valentino. Yeah. I'm, yeah, whatever. Works for me. And Dutch will like <laughs> get in the Jeep and spread out in the backseat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So you guys break camp and uh who's riding in the back with Lizelle? Uh Doc's gonna tag out with Valentino and give him gun duty and ride in the back with Lizelle. Okay. All right. Uh so you head out. Uh the desert wind has made the terrain not as solid as it was before. So you do have a little bit more difficulty uh, maneuvering through the train, Uh, probably a little bit more so with the Jeep than the truck, just because the truck has a lot more weight to it and it can plow through some of these looser sands a little bit easier than the, than the Jeep can. But Blisco, if you would roll me a D 20. 
Hey, oh, not no. a three. Complication. Oh. Is this the a day sort? The, no, uh, oh. but it is a complication. Uh, the day starts out okay, and you're moving along without much of a problem uh, until about four hours later when you start to hear... <laughs> from the engine oh boy uh what's that noise there let's go uh don't know we're gonna have to stop for a moment okay Okay. so you guys are gonna have to spend some time in the desert in the heat of the day cleaning sand out of the carburetor oh monty seems very impatient that you have had to stop but everybody's just sitting in the sitting in their uh, uh, cars. Monty is sitting there with with Dutch. Uh, Valentino is sitting in in the shotgun seat, literally with uh, in in the truck. And Lazelle and Doc are in the back. Uh, Sanjay is under the hood, helping Blisco. Okay, good. He has someone that knows. <laughs> Yeah, Sanjay seems to know seems to know cars a little bit, or at least he appears to be knowing a little bit more about cars uh, than he maybe lets on. Doc, what are you and Lizelle talking about in the back? Uh, I'm going to try and get her to talk about the city. Oh, why am I arguing with him about the name of the city? Well, mm-hmm. he may have an American degree in archaeology, but I have uh, been doing much more studies here in Europe. And I think I know a little bit more about where we're going than he is. Hmm. So basically, she's just like, I'm smarter. I'm younger. You know, that's her whole <laughs> argument is, you know, old, old people are uh, dumb and they don't know anything. And I am young and I am smart and I need to prove myself, uh, you know, in, in this in this uh, in this world, because uh, women, especially women doctors are probably uh, not thought highly of in archaeology. So that's her whole attitude. In, in this. Is she a doctor? What about you? Working on her? Oh, she's working on her doctorate. That's why she has to take this attitude. Yes, if I can find if I can find the city of Amun Rahim uh, and prove that it exists, it will mark me down as one of the preeminent archaeologists of our time. It will take poor Dr. Jacobs and elevate him back into uh, a greater status. And there is no way that anyone at Zurich will deny me my PhD. That's admirable. I just, you know, let me caution you to be careful. Sometimes what you might wish for. The search for knowledge sometimes takes you unexpected places. I know. And you can kind of see this wicked delight in her eyes. <laughs> like evil or... <laughs> So Monty is mm-hmm. very set upon finding the crystal skull. And you have seen that right. in his attitude in the way that he acts. She seems to be very much that, mm-hmm. that same attitude when it comes to the forbidden city or the forgotten city or the dead city, okay. or as she calls it, Amin Rahim, it's called mm-hmm. Zerin Zerah. The city on the so uh, that is... The, yeah, that's the kind of the look that she has on, in her eyes. Okay, so it's not something that you know, gives me the creeps that I give other people. Why don't you roll a, uh, let's see, why don't you roll a will plus resilience, D1, okay. and see what you get. Okay, one success. Yeah, she seems uh, very, uh, very determined. She seems very intent on this, but not in at least for you, it doesn't appear uh-huh. to be a like horror way. Right. Okay. That's cool. Uh, let's see. Blisco, please roll me your, um, your vehicles, uh, check your, what is it? Coordination plus vehicles. Three successes, three successes. That's right. So you guys get two momentum in this. It's like, nice. Blisco, generate us some momentum. Yep. <laughs> okay. So uh, you yell at uh, at uh, Valentino to fire it up, and he fumbles around for a moment and is able to start up the truck. And then everybody's like, hooray! And you are back off on your journey. And you travel west for another couple of hours. And then you see Monty slow as you approach a very high dune. 
and you all get out and you kind of stand up on this dune looking down and you can see the, uh, the city. You can, you can see, uh, Al Sabira and it's bigger than what is on the map for sure. And you can see that there's a road coming into the city. Then there's some roads going to the north and to the south of the city. You can see movement in the city. But if you look on the far side of the city, you can see the sanctuary of Azak. And all around the sanctuary of Azak um, looks to be decay. Like there looks to be abandoned buildings, buildings that have fallen down. Um, not much residential or commercial activity in that area. But as you start to move eastward and southeastward uh, back towards your location, you can start to see that there's a lot more housing, a lot more activity and a lot more people um, wandering around. But it's not a whole lot of people. We're talking maybe maybe tops in this city, a thousand people, maybe tops. Um, well, I wasn't expecting this. I was expecting everybody to be gone. How'd you figure that? Sir, any, I mean, like a military presence? No, it doesn't look like there's a military presence uh, here. I mean, beyond just regular guns that people might be carrying around. But you definitely you definitely see people going about their business. Yeah. Do we see if, like, we break out the binoculars and stuff, do we see any, like, clear cultists, like people with, like, blue fingers or... No, these people are dressed... Insignia? These people are dressed poorly. Uh, they're, you know, they're wearing, you know, dirty, their clothes are rather dirty. Mm. Um, they're, they're out in this very middle of nowhere place. You can tell that there's a couple of wells that you see in the town where people are going, getting, um, water to and from, you see some livestock in the area. You can see a marketplace that looks like there are people buying and, and selling or trading goods. It looks like you're, you know, kind of like you would find a very tiny town. Uh, kind of ordinary activity. The only big difference is people are tend to stay away from the sanctuary. Maybe we should wait out here and try to approach the sanctuary at night. I'm just really surprised there's people here. Maybe we should go in and just get a good lay of the land, introduce ourselves. Possibly. See if anybody knows anything about the sanctuary. Um, if you look through the binoculars, Dutch, you can't see any activity at the sanctuary. Right. Uh, it looks like the sanctuary's pretty empty. Then again, they might not be keeping it there anymore. Yeah. Um, maybe, I mean, we have to, I, I suppose, uh, Dr. Smith, we have to be open to the possibility that your information wasn't current. And this is now just a normal small town out in the middle of nowhere. Could be. Well that's the case i'm going to be pretty disappointed we've been looking at this for years and i know dr smith has got his eye on this crystal skull well we're gonna go in and check no matter what so smith you think we should just go in and start asking i mean what could go wrong <laughs> lots All of kinds things. of things but i mean to be fair if you look at our track record we're a lot better at talking our way out of things that we are at sneaking in someplace so yeah mm. let's go do that uh, okay so everybody piles back in uh, your cars, you pull into town. Where do you think you're heading? You know, as you start to drive through the the outskirts, the main road that's coming in from the east, um, people stop and, and look at you, but they don't look at you like you should be that they should be afraid of you or anything like that. It's not like, oh, no, strangers or, you know, we've never seen a truck before. Uh, right. You don't get any of that. But people do kind of stop and stare at you a little bit like what? what are these people doing here kind of thing? Mm -hmm. And there's probably maybe eight blocks, nine blocks, uh, what we would consider a normal block uh, before you would get to kind of the center part of the town and where kind of the demarcation between areas where people are living and where areas of decay and, and less people are living up to the sanctuary begins. Dutch will get off the Jeep and, pull out a little dictionary and try a to young boy to comes up to you. A young boy comes running up to you and he starts tucking on your, your shirt sleeve. Oh, hi. 
and he holds up a watermelon to you? Oh, how'd you get a watermelon out here? Surprisingly, watermelons grow in Egypt is uh, something that I found. Oh, nice. Huh. Yeah. Uh, how so much? He's, he holds up one finger. Okay, I'll give him one money for a watermelon. His eyes go big. <laughs> and he puts the watermelon in your hand and he rushes back to his little watermelon stand. And he comes back and makes three more trips uh, to bring you <laughs> watermelons. <laughs> Apparently he was only wanting one coin mm-hmm. and this is like a lot of coin. The, the, the one monies is a lot of coin. I'll, so you now have a lot of watermelons that you can eat tonight. Well, good. We're, we're going to need the water in those melons. Yep. Um, so uh, while he's doing this, a Dutch will try to talk to him and be like, uh, we are like, uh, how are things in this town? Do you feel scared because of temple? And as soon as you say the word temple, he kind of just stops and looks at you. And then he runs off to back to the stand where an older man, presumably his father, uh, is standing there. He's got a kind of a long beard. He's wearing his his uh, his turban. And he comes walking over to you and he goes, what do you want about the the sanctuary? Oh, we are just. uh curious about it you have no business here and he kind of shakes his finger at you as he says that i beg to differ i just bought like 20 watermelons (laughs) he looks at he looks at all the watermelons piled in the jeep and sanjay's eating one and then he kind of does a double take and looks at his son that may be but you have no business here you can try a um you can try to persuade this guy rodrigo Uh, to see if you can convince him to um, to give you more information. So obviously you've got persuasion and what would be the other one? Reason? Uh, yeah, I would say either. Yeah, if, if I'm trying to talk to him, talk him into it, I guess probably reason. Okay. If not so reason plus persuasion. Uh, yeah, if you want to use insight, that's a little better. Okay, I'll use insight. So okay. Nine... Uh, 10 persuasion. This is only a difficulty um, of, of one. Uh, but I will uh, use my subtle cues. All right. Um, to buy a B20 for free. All right. So we'll roll 3D20. Less than 10. For one success. What is your um, persuasion focus? Uh, charm. But okay. uh, it's 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 still the numbers high. are too high. Yeah. Okay. All right. He looks at you. Um, you may ask a question. Uh, what would be the best question to ask in the situation? Um, is is there a spooky cult operating in this town? <laughs> <laughs> oh, a spooky cult operating in this town. Like he goes very rigid and scared, and like three other people who may be listening just take off. Like. They go into their shops. One of them closes the shop door. Another one is running down uh, the street. You can see him. He goes into what you're guessing is a house and he closes his door. And then a second later, uh, the shutters close. And then the woman uh, that's uh, overheard as well. She reaches down and picks up one of her her children and she goes uh, rushing off, uh, presumably to her house as well. Uh, You have no business here. I'll I'll say, all right, well, our business is concluded. Uh, Thank you for the watermelons. Uh, And he reaches in to shake your hand. Yes, yes. uh, Thank you so much. Uh, Enjoy the watermelons. They're finest watermelons in all of Egypt. And he leans into your ear and he goes, come to my house tonight. They want to cross the street from the well. Yes, yes. (laughs) Thank you. And have a safe travels. Uh, Dutch will nod and... uh, get back in the jeep and you know i don't know if other people are doing stuff while he's doing something but well monty um, certainly overheard everything okay. uh even the even the whispering bit because you're kind of standing right next to him in the jeep and the watermelons and everything yeah uh well i guess we're uh out of luck guys and he says it kind of loud and he's kind of looking around looking at the rooftops as he says it i guess we best be on our way to the uh 
to the next town. Come on, guys. Let's load up. Sanjay, let's drive south. Uh, yeah, Dutch will definitely, if you know, he makes eye contact with any of the boys, he'll like nod. Yeah, the Just young little boy kind of nervously waves back at you as you are leaving the, the town. Bye. So you drive about two miles south out of the city. Uh, you hit some sand dunes. Uh, so you're able to be behind some sand dunes and out of sight of, of the town. You park and everyone gets out. Well, nothing says evil cult like everyone running when you ask about an evil cult. Yeah, that, uh, that gentleman said he might give us some information. So we'll just have to go in after nightfall and talk to him. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be driving in. That might cause too much distraction. Yeah, I agree. You're going to be able to walk it? He yells at LaSalle. I'll be fine, you! <laughs> and so you wait. Uh, evening comes, and you see lights, uh, you know, uh, uh, fire lights come on in the city. People are starting up uh, their gas lanterns, starting fires to cook their foods. Uh, people are are shutting down for for the night. Okay. Yeah. Once uh, once it's good and dark, I think we'll try to make our way there. Unless somebody has right. something else they want to do beforehand. Eat watermelon. <laughs> yeah, you probably all ought to eat. <laughs> the watermelon is surprisingly good. That's great. Like that, it, like watermelon on a hot day is great. So, yeah, just uh, that's very true. Hold it like th- hold it like this, so that it's like so that the the wide part is not uh, in the direction of the wind. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're gonna have to pick a lot of sand out of your teeth. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, for people who are like, no way, watermelon is in Egypt. Uh, Although there are many different varieties of melons that grow all across the continent, the modern watermelon we eat today probably originated in Egypt thousands of years ago, where it still grows in the wild. Wow. The more you know. In fact, a a shooting star comes across the the desert skies as you all make your way back into the city, and everybody rolls me a a stealth check. Oh, Oh, boy. So this Mm -hmm. is going to be, what, agility plus stealth? Agility plus stealth sounds right. Agility plus stealth D1. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. This is slightly better than last time because I added stealth. There you go. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, wow. It's okay. Oh, I got four successes. Over there. I said, this is slightly better than last time in that I still had to roll below an eight to get it. There you go. Uh, what did I say? One I success. Got- so Dutch makes it. Brian makes it without a problem. Lazelle is, is doing just fine. Uh, yeah, Blisco, what are you doing? It's just like is, you're walking on sand. How can you keep tripping over a rock every every twenty feet? Uh, or do you crunch, pick it? Do you crunch, pick up crunch, your feet crunch. when you? Yeah, do you pick up you your feet when you walk, or do you have a kind of a shuffle walk where you're actually kicking uh, sand and gravel oh. as you walk? Definitely pick up feet. You you don't not pick up your feet when you're walking around a uh, farm. Okay. All right. Let's see what Doc rolls. Uh, Two successes. Okay. Very good. Uh, so, yes, you are able to kind of quietly make it through the town for the most part. There's a couple of times where you pass an open window. And a, at one point, Blisco, as you're walking past, you see a woman who's in there. Obviously, she's cooking. Uh, needing some kind of uh, bread or, you know, some kind of a uh, something that needs needing. And she looks up out the window and she sees you and her eyes go wide for just a moment. And she just shakes her head like, no, like you shouldn't be here. Kind of no. But eventually you make it back to where the well is. And you notice right across the way is a building that you have believed to be where the merchant um, told you to come. Uh, you go up, knock on the door. It opens very quickly. Please, please, come in, come in, come in. And you all go inside. Critical Hit Punch Hall Nazis is a production of Major Spoilers Entertainment and was produced and edited by me, Stephen Schleicher. 
If you would like to get a behind-the-scenes making of this episode, be sure to check out the GM Roundtable Octum Cthulhu Edition at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash major spoilers. Each week I discuss my plans for the upcoming game session, and Dr. Brad Will is there to share his reactions and advice on how to be a better game master. I will warn you, though, there are spoilers galore in every installment of the GM Roundtable Octoon Cthulhu Edition. So, if you don't like spoilers and don't want to know what I am planning next, don't listen to these episodes. Though, I will say, if you do listen, you'll be able to see how and where the players throw a wrench into my plans, and you're also going to have greater insight into the world that's being built into this campaign. This week, we didn't have any named NPCs, so no shout-outs to our associate producers this week. But next week, we'll feature a lot of surprises, and more than a few of our wonderful patrons will become NPCs in this game. You want your name to appear as one of these NPCs in future episodes? All you need to do is become an associate producer at patreon.com slash major spoilers. Finally, we want you to record yourself doing your best on critical hit and send it to us at podcast at Majorspoilers.com, and your voice will join the growing chorus of fans in upcoming episodes as well. Thank you again for listening this week, and here's hoping all of your dice rolls are critical hits. This podcast is copyright 2023 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.